This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. The name's podcast, Beckinsale Podcast. You killed my darlings. Prepare to die. I will have my bracket in this life or the next. Wait, what? I live my life a quarter podcast at a time. I see. Because Beckinsale. Finds a way. You made that your own, and that's what yeah. I love about it. He, he just he just covered my intro from last week. <laughs> I I'm, did. Not, I'm not sure which one I like better, actually. Yeah, uh, I mean was, they each have their own merit, right? They that do. Was, that right. was really right. clever, right. actually. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> uh, welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent, and I'm Zach. I would like to thank you for listening to our last show, our action movie bracket. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. Also adventure. Yeah. Yes. As because there was a lot of problems with that online, hey, but it's fine. I'm just saying there's a lot of venom on Twitter. And uh, generally speaking. So, yeah, generally speaking. Yes. And guess what, guys? You're wrong. Bacon <laughs> <laughs> cell proved you're legit wrong. We are so sorry. We are so our, right. We're sorry our free podcast that we do out of the goodness and kindness of our heart because we're passionate about this stuff upsets you. <laughs> so uh, we, we do have a comment from John England who said Matrix should have been number one, but I forgive you. Thank you. Oh, it's yeah. obviously okay. not a Twitter comment. Then. Favorite favorite part of the show: <laughs> the rush to pick first to avoid the wrath of the listeners. Isn't that I really so feel funny? like that was the first time we all were like I don't jumping know. on that pick because I don't want to yeah. decide. Yeah, which is like. A great strategy. Why uh, haven't we been doing also, it? Also, one time? thing that the listener doesn't know is that when I do the editing for bracket shows, it's usually yeah. pretty long, but this one was especially long because we loved all of the movies in the bracket. True. And so there was honestly 10 to 15 minutes of dead air that I cut that we all went, I don't want to vote. I don't want to vote. What about you? This was long silences <laughs> yeah. of us staring at our brackets going, mm. This was the first bracket that I, on the drive home, I didn't feel like I was regretting anything right. because. All of it was a big regret, and I just had to forget it. For sure. You just had to move on. Yeah. Rachel Crump said, best way to start off on Monday. Thank you. Always. Thank you. My pick made it to the finals. I've never been prouder to finish in second place. All the correct decisions were made, mostly. Thank you. Okay. To which uh, Crew Dutler replied, disagree, so angry. Uh, you know, when Twitter people come over on Facebook, it's it's scary for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Who invited them? <laughs> well, then, this is a follow-up to a tweet that crew Dutler put out which said bacon sale i'm so frustrated with your legacy arguments you do this all the time this is action adventure movie bracket not the oscars get off your high horse and vote for the movies that are full of great action neither star wars nor raiders should have made it this far so just to clarify he is very upset that raiders went so far to follow that up orion said plainly i know this is part of a larger thread you guys are awful (laughs) and that is best i can tell in reference to the fact that raiders didn't go far enough (laughs) So Ryan, can't please anyone. Ryan and like Sam are mad that Raiders didn't go far enough. Crew hates us because we're sending Raiders too far. Bacon sale. I think they just need to get in a room and fight each other. Yeah, not us, please. <laughs> not us. No, we're truth, not fighters. Truthfully, much like it is with the old sports bracket, apparently there's a lot of differing opinions about what should go. But at the end of the day, we're right. It is. It is totally it is good. Good wholesome fun. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are talking about. Cover songs. Cover songs. What? A little bit of a winner winner coming up here. Hey, there you go. So we've done this before where we have songs with similar titles, but this time we're doing songs with the exact same title because they are covers of the same song. Now, we have 22 songs here, and for the most part, we tried to include the original. However, there are some cases when the original went nowhere. Mm -hmm. And didn't no one really know. Or knows part it. of a stage play or something like yeah. that. And yes. so we, we yeah. tried to pick we tried to pick for the most part charting popular hits. We aren't doing like, oh yeah, this band, all they do is covers, so we're gonna do all their covers of all these songs. Yeah. Rest in peace, me first in the gimme gimme. 
which I do. <laughs> I do enjoy a lot of their sure, songs. Sure, me too. But not for this bracket. We want to do ones where it was genuinely someone else trying to put their own spin on it that tried to bring something new to the in, table. In many ways, I would hope revolutionize the song a little bit. Yes. Some change do. it enough so that it fits a new decade at the very least. Yes. And generally speaking, most of these are artists that you are aware of. There are a couple yes. who are like maybe lesser known, but it's maybe a popular cover. But generally speaking, this isn't out of left field, that guy on YouTube who covered it sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, the piano cover guy who did it on YouTube, no one knows his name. But yeah. that, that we tried to go with popular artists, popular songs, covers. And we'll be going on a matchup of each one. And for the most part, it's it's one-on-one, meaning it's one versus the other. There are a couple triple twins here. Hey. Sure. How are you guys yeah. voting here? Is it the song that probably should be the most popular or is it favorite? It's favorite between me. This one, uh, I... Because generally just, we're like, what would Alexa choose, right? No, I, I put all that, of that it has aside. Been the past. And I'm just going to go with what I think is the best. Ooh. Okay. But that's that, that's that is tough. true. Like in the past, we have done that where it's like when we when we talk to our smart devices and say, "Play this song." This should be the song. This that should chooses. be the default that goes yes. on there. Not, but it's also because it's my favorite. Well, yeah. Okay. In listening to this playlist, because yeah. there is a playlist that exists. Yes, yeah, so you can go to our, our bigsell.com and find our Spotify playlist featuring all the songs we talk about today. From most of which are edited. There's one there that I couldn't find edited. It's not exactly family friendly. Sorry. Oh, Dang sorry. It. sorry about that. But every time I went, you know what? I like them both, but I'm going to pick that one. And okay. that is how I'm just going to go with this bracket. Man, I'm going to make some enemies then. Before I okay. Do Let's it. do this. First up, we have Smooth Criminal, first by Michael Jackson. Hey, hey, short clips. We'll get that if it wins. Versus Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. I, I did. Boom. I did try to get. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did try to get the uh, the two very like the Thank same. Thank you for doing section. that. That actually that's takes right, a lot of work. Great. I want a direct comparison here. I'm not comparing the best part of one song to the worst part of others. So I just wanted to cut it out there. Okay. So Michael Jackson, all timer, right? Uh, Puts out a lot of good music. Well, it's Michael Jackson, right? Yeah. Okay. That it, one was released in 1988. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach, where are we going with that one? Alien App Farm. Oh, Zach yeah. was also not, put. Was, no, wasn't born in 1988. <laughs> Alien App Farm also put out lots of music, probably. I've never heard a second song from them. Uh, guess what? I like Alien Ant Farm a lot. What? Do you? I do. I've never, I, I've never I heard their music. I was like, hey, I'm going to give these guys a chance. And they've got some songs in their deep cuts. Pretty good. I only re- I remember the, the first time. every song of Alien Ant Farm a deep cut? <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. The, the first, first time I ever heard this song was back in the day. Together around children. We used to watch commercials that yeah. sold CDs that had various songs on them. And the titles would scroll along the screen. And they the highlighter would be playing. There was one that had this song. And I was like, Is that a, isn't that a Michael Jackson song? Yeah. And so we, my family, we checked it out. Wow, what was this CD for? Like, songs you forgot existed? Song to work out to! So we have a song released in 1988 and a song that released in 2001. Uh, definitely a music video era for Alien Ant Farm. Totally. Yeah. Uh, by the way, fun fact about Michael Jackson's. Uh, the, the song emerged from another song he was writing about Al Capone, mm-hmm. which was a little... I, I, apparently that's out there. I have not listened to it yet. But the chorus refrain there, the one we heard, Annie, Are You Okay?, was inspired by Rescue Annie. Yeah. Have you done CPR classes? Yes, I have. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a dummy you do the CPR on, and the trainees learn to say, Annie, are you okay? While doing uh, pulmonary resuscitation. Whereas Alien Ant Farm's version of Smooth Criminal was kind of an accident. Like, they were just kind of this low-budget band, and they would just play the first few chords from the song just to warm up, and the, the crowd would be like, play the whole song. And so they did, and they're like, this could be a thing. And it became a thing in 2001. 
It did become a thing. It was fun. Yeah. I Joel just had thing. a really doubting face. I, know, that's I, a, I wouldn't say it was a thing, but... Joel, it's a podcast. No, guys, this is, this is a he fun... He was taken aback. Yeah. I was going to say, Alien and Fire's version of Smooth Criminal is a fun song. Yeah. Like, really fun. But there's no way it's going to be Smooth Criminal, in my mind. They both charted well. Uh, Michael Jackson got number seven, Hot 100, and Alien Ant Farm got number 23. Yes, when we say, I was going to say, when we say numbers on the chart, we are specifically referring to Billboard Hot 100. Sometimes it will go to alternative tracks. If it's not, then we'll explain what it's from. Yeah. Even though it was featured heavily in the Sega Genesis game uh, that Michael Jackson had, because that that track... It sounds like that. Whenever he goes, (laughs) it goes, sounds like it's... That track just plays on a loop over and over. I know it's one of the more popular ones. In my opinion, it's one of the lesser hits for Michael Jackson. I think it's a little I think it's a little dull. I think it's well I think the song has legacy because of the anti-gravity lean. Get off your high horse. Yeah. The anti-gravity lean in the music video. Yeah. Because like that is so classic. It is really cool. Other than that, it is a lesser Michael Jackson song. A lesser Michael it Jackson like song again make a vote though is better than oh, any Alien Ant Farm uh, song. So obviously you're going with Michael Jackson. Yes, I'm going with Alien Ant Farm. I think the song rocks. It does rock. It rips. But it should not be the default. If I'm going to pick one version to listen to, I'm going to take the Alien Ant Farm. If I'm going to make an argument for Alien Ant Farm, it would be that when they hit the chorus, they change it. I it's do. a minor key or something like that. And I think that's what a lot of these cover bands may not do. And I'm like, you guys really made it your own. They did. It's not Michael Jackson's version, which is going ahead mm-hmm. uh, or just winning. But uh, yeah, going, it, this I isn't still, a bracket. This is a versus. I still really like the song. I think both are great. They are both great. I, I will not argue that, but it's just thankfully one, both are on the playlist. One is Flamin' <laughs> yeah. Yon. One is a hot dog. Yes. Oh, stop it. They're both good. I enjoy both. It's Flamin' Yon and the Salisbury steak that look similar. <laughs> Michael Jackson wins. <laughs> Now we have Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by the Eurythmics. Sweet dreams are made of this. You know how those two words rhyme? <laughs> this and disagree. Why is it out of this? And Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. Sweet dreams are made of this. It's like, it's I didn't realize this. Uh, it, it was a popular TikTok sound. The very beginning of this song. That For what yeah. kind of video? I don't know. It's like, like scariest things caught on camera. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's a, kind of the punchline to a, a, a couple of TikTok trends. Yeah. It's bizarre. So Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics came out in 83. By Marilyn Manson came out in 95. Eurythmics, this, this did kind of, I mean, it put them on the map. It did. It really did. But the same number thing. one on the map, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. on the charts there. Whereas Marilyn Manson, uh, that song only made twenty six on U.S. Alternative Airplay from his the first single from his album Smells Like Children. I <laughs> it's ne- creepy. I never heard it till today. Really, really, never. It's actually not the same without the music video, which is weird. No, I, well, no, don't watch the music video. But I was gonna say, Zach, I I thought we talked about this and listened to it on our Halloween playlist. I don't think I included it on mine, but I thought we had a discussion off the air about it. It's okay. a great Halloween I, I playlist don't song. It is. I actually think Marilyn Manson makes it his own, and I think it's one of his most accessible songs. True. Marilyn yeah. Manson making it his own is a perfect argument to not pick it. <laughs> but it has merit it for is, what it is. It is maybe the only good thing Marilyn Manson has ever done, except for his role in Wonder Years. <laughs> oh. oh, that's true then, is it? Oh, Joel just clarified. Well, I guess yeah. this is Halloween. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, and then you get, yeah, I mean, Eurythmics. It's funny because apparently this was a rough time in Annie Lennox's life. She's one of the members of Eurythmics mm-hmm. there because Annie Lennox was uh, depressed about where her career was going. And then mm-hmm. Dave Stewart, the other member of Eurythmics, he was feeling pretty upbeat because he just survived surgery on a punctured lung and felt like he got a new lease on life. So he's just jamming with a with a keyboard, and then she's like, "What are you playing?" And she starts jamming with him, and that started. Annie Lennox is in Eurythmics. You didn't know this? That is, she is Eurythmics. Yes, I know Annie Lennox independent of like Lord of the Rings. Annie Lennox, huh? How about yeah. that? Yeah. No, she's great in Eurythmics. Guys, pretty comparable, though, because uh, Eurythmics version made it into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Marilyn Manson got Best Video 1996 MTV VMAs and Billboard rated as the scariest video ever. Wow. So essentially so. the same awards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's plain. I'm picking Eurythmics here. So I, we're all, all we're all picking yes. Eurythmics. Marilyn okay. Manson is a good novelty act for a Halloween totally. playlist, but it's not the better song out of the two. The original Eurythmics version wins. Next we have It's My Life by Talk Talk. I'm sorry, we weren't whispering enough. You gotta you gotta cover your nose a little bit when you sing this one. Alright, alright. Versus It's My Life by No Doubt. So much better that it's no doubt and not just Gwen Stefani. Well, fun fact, it actually the it's reason, barely Gwen Stefani. Well, the reason they did it is yeah. because they needed to have they needed a song to promote uh, their their greatest hits album. Well, and they were kind of broken up. Well, so because she was doing her solo stuff, yeah. so they're like, well, we we don't want to write a whole new song. Let's just do a cover. Yeah. So they chose "It's My Life," and they're like, hey, Gwen Stefani, do you want to just come sing a song? And so. Yeah, it became a big deal. Yeah, it's better for it, I guess. Uh, they're, they're, they're number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. We should say Talk Talk's version came out in 84. No Doubt's came out in 2003. Talk Talk's version peaked at 31. No Doubt's peaked at 10. I feel like this song is dangerously close. The, 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 the cover is dangerously close to karaoke. I don't think there's a ton that happens with this song musically that's different. It has... I, I say this knowing... I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say it, but I feel like No Doubt's version has kind of a smoother sound to it, a little more yeah. cohesive, whereas Talk Talk's version of It's My Life, they're they're experimenting. They're trying different noises and sounds. Like Seagulls okay. at the very beginning of the song. I'm not going to do those yeah. again. You guys got me last time. <laughs> or the, uh, I, I do feel like the lead singer of Talk Talk, it is kind of like he's like on a heavy dose of Zoloft, maybe. Well, because he seems very sleepy. We talked about it on the tournament of 80s New Wave bands back on episode 147, but mm-hmm. they're the ones that didn't want to do a music video and were forced into yeah. it. And so they just didn't sing on their music video. But Zach, like, I'm right there with you. I don't think No Doubts actually progressed the song any further. Yeah. It's, a, it's a simple song anyways, but didn't progress the song. Whereas I love the hook of dun, dun, dun of Talk Talks. It's pretty stellar. But to me, I... I do end up appreciating the No Doubt version. And maybe it just comes down to producing. Mm-hmm. I think the song is is better and more, it's got a more modern producing style. It's got a heavier bass. Yes. I think the uh, it's a slight key change. And I think Gwen Stefani's vocals are better. I don't like how she holds out the the life longer. She holds out the life a little too long. Like in the original song, it's like, it's my life. Yeah. And Gwen Stefani goes, it's my life. And every time I'm like, you should have got to make that. it about her. A yeah, little bit. I get it. But I do like both of these versions. I remember when the No Doubt version came out, I was like, oh, that's a fun cover of an 80s song. This was about the time when I think I didn't really like No Doubt at all anymore. And it's still a quality song. So are you voting for Talk Talk? Talk Talk, yeah. Okay, I will I will officially vote for No Doubt. I will vote for Talk Talk. Talk Talk as well? Okay. Because I feel like that one is the one I compare No Doubt's song to. Like Zach said, I wouldn't call it karaoke. It almost seems demeaning. But it does sound like, oh, we're no, just going to sing the song that we love. For the record, I mean it demeaning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> 
the original Talk Talk version wins. Next, we have 99 Luft Balloons by Nina. What accent was that, kid? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> don't worry about Are it. You, it's Peruvian. You mean oh. reading? Oh. Versus 99 Red Balloons by Goldfinger. Red Balloons. Now, they do the English version. Yes. They have one verse that's in German. Yes, they do jump to the German. But it's funny because the, the German version of 99 Luftballons charted much better than the English version Just crazy because it's way worse. Oh, yeah. It's, what? It's, German one's worse? It's the pretentious version of the song. It's like saying, I only read Dante's Inferno in no, the original it's just, Italian. No, it's better. It flows better. I only better. like Nina's Luftballons in the original German. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a lot was lost in translation from this song. We've talked oh, about it in previous shows. They say Captain. They, I, it's very clear. They say Captain Kirk in both versions. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, also, Luff Balloons does not mean Red Balloons. It just means Air Balloons. Yeah. But if they said 99, they were, at, they were at a Rolling Stones concert. He saw balloons shifting and changing in the wind. Thought it looked like a spacecraft and thought, what if that floated over into the Berlin Wall into Soviet territory? So I really like the synthesizer at the beginning of Luff Balloons, uh, but it gets really bad and dated really quick into that song. Still a legendary song. I still really like it. I don't think it's aged great. I do feel like I'm cheating a little bit by including the Goldfinger one, which didn't really chart. I'm it was calling, in a movie. I'm calling you out on this, Kent. Yeah. This is a personal pick. We each got to vote for which ones we wanted on this list. And when I saw Goldfinger's version of 99 Red Balloons, I went... This is one that Kent really liked and probably watched on the box a lot. And so he wanted this on the list, even uh, though there's no way Goldfinger is going to be. This was back in the day when I used to like draw Goldfinger logos all over books and everything like that. Yeah. Um, what did you say? No way. The Goldfinger version is vastly superior. Are to me. you kidding me? I never want to hear Nina sing again. It is one of those fun 80s songs out there. It is that iconic 80s sound. No, they turned it into a fun 90s like era oh, rock Oh, so you're a song. fan of East Germany then? Yeah, sure. There's a wall between you, <laughs> and we got to break it down. Tear down this Go, wall. I've, I've probably told the story before, but Goldfinger is the reason that I joined choir. No, when I was not, in high school. No, no, Zach, we're not talking about James Bond in this episode. Uh, <laughs> Let the sky fall. Goldfinger. I, I listened to this song in the car, and I sang to the end of uh, the Goldfinger version of 99 Red Balloons. And the cute girl who was sitting in the front seat said, wow, you can sing. You should join choir with me. And I said, okay. That was it? From Goldfinger. And look at you now. From 99 Red Balloons. You can sing. I sing on a podcast uh, every other week. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Goldfinger version. I think it is way more fun. I think it... It, it is essentially the Me First and Gimme Gimme's version of 99. But it's a band you've heard before. They sing the Superman song. Mm. It's great. And from Tony Hawk, Joel. Goldfinger and I had a falling out. I and I have this. not really recovered from that. And so there's no way I'm voting oh, for Oh, so here. we're talking bias for you now because you saw a weird thing at a live concert once upon a time. Also, the album <laughs> sold poorly in the U.S. It was a modest hit in European countries. It's Goldfinger. Balloons, number two. But it, it sold well. And it sold well in Europe because I'm letting of this you know, version. I'm letting you know right now, this episode's going to get blocked on YouTube because that song gets uh, flagged every single time really? we but talk Joel, about it. It was in Not Another Teen Movie, okay? Need I say more? Zach, Nina's song hit number two on the Hot 100, though. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Now, I like the Goldfinger version better. The Goldfinger version is better. Don't you dare. I did. I just did. You are both idiots. It wins. <laughs> <laughs> we missed this last week. Yay. <laughs> Fools. <laughs> How do you say idiot in German? 
Ich hasse dich. No, that's not right. But you kind of feel it right now, though, right? I'm, I'm looking it up right now. The cover by Goldfinger wins. Idiot! Du Trottel! Ich liebe dich, Du Dummkopf! Wirklich? All right, that was, that was a little contentious, but nothing... nothing <laughs> Stupid is, is what it was. Nothing is going to make this whole show better than our first edition of a Triple Twins matchup. Oh, triple My triple. favorite thing. Zach, why do we call them Triple Twins? Because there's three of them. This is Twinner Winner. So when three babies are born at the same time... It's tri- there, there are three of them. Yeah, Triple Twins. <laughs> there are three... Of Triptych the t- Twins. Three of the Twins. Mo- moving on, we have Always On My Mind. First by Elvis. You were always on my mind. Always on my mind. You were always on my mind. That's, that's <sighs> nice and smooth. That almost soothes me from stupid decisions. <laughs> almost. Also by Willie Nelson. You were always on my mind. You were always on my and finally, by the Pet Shop Boys. Gotta get some of that Euro trash pop in here. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. listen, hey. I'm so glad you chose this one, Joel, because it has Pet Shop Boys. Yes. Like, so iconic. And it's weird because I would say Elvis and Willie Nelson, they both, I think, peaked really well with this song, but in the country singles charts. Willie Nelson made number five in the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. Uh, Elvis only 16 in U.S. Hot Country. I think we need to make a clarification here. This is a little confusing, and I apologize, but it was originally recorded by Brenda Lee. Yeah. Uh, You may recognize her from, uh, I mean, she's Brenda Lee. She has a lot of popular songs from back in the day. But she actually wasn't the first one to release it. So she recorded it first. Another artist named Gwen McRae mm-hmm. released it first, but neither one of those was a hit. It wasn't a hit until Elvis got a hold of this song. Yeah, this is in a weird time in music when they're just throwing out songs to artists and seeing what sticks. Yeah. So yeah. there are a lot. I wouldn't call them covers in this era. There are a lot of songs that were just recorded by multiple artists. Yeah. Uh, this is also a weird time in Elvis's life because this, this song was recorded, Always on My Mind, was recorded a few weeks after his separation from his wife Priscilla. Oh. And a lot of people thought so it was meaning, that. right? Well, there's obviously some emotion right. attached uh, to it. Being an Elvis fan now, I really like this version. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And then Willie Nelson's version uh, won three wins at the Grammy Awards in 83. It's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. They certified platinum. And then Pet Shop Boys peaked at number four. So another bit, that was probably the biggest hit here. And uh, it was an anniversary of Elvis Presley's death where they just performed it during a performance, like a whole ceremony thing that was going on. And it was so well received, they said, we're going to record a song about that and release it as a single. Joel, why are the Pet Shop Boys so extra? What do you mean? They're just like, it feels like they have Stomp playing the background music or alarm clocks are going off during that song. There's just so much happening happening in their version. I love this song. uh, This song was their fifth and last top 10 hit. Oh, really? They've not had a top 10 hit since then. So I think if we're going for best, I think Willie Nelson does it best. I, no, truly, I don't like Willie Nelson as an artist. His really. voice is an acquired taste. I think, but what for what he brings to the song, there's so much emotion there. But my favorite and my pick is the Pet Shop Boys. What? Yeah, because that is the one I've been humming all day. Dun, 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 I can't dun, get it out of my dun, head. Dun, dun. It is. Dun, a, dun, it's dun, a good song. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, it's granted, a great song. Even. Granted, I know Pet Shop Boys very well. It, this is bias from road trips. My brother sure. played them all the time. Yep. So the this is the one. And Pet I Shop got Boys kind of go hand in hand in that. Totally. Yeah. So what about you guys? Oh, I don't know. I would say I'm going to eliminate Willie Nelson. I don't like this version. Wait, the song? 
Or just, Willie Nelson. Just generally this Willie Nelson. Cable IMAX the best thing that Willie Nelson has ever done is uh, put his name Tread on Tread lightly. It's put a name on a, a very delicious like uh, cinnamon peach Ben & Jerry's ice cream once upon a time. I hate peach. Oh, well, I don't hate peach. Never mind. I dislike but, peach. No, I, just, I, I like the version. It's just a little sleepy for me. I think the, Elvis, the Elvis version does uh, beauty without being so sleepy. And that's what I appreciate about it. The Pet Shop Boys is by far and away the most fun. It's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful song. And a, again, thrill that's on this playlist. But if I'm going to make a pick, I'm going to go for Elvis. I think it's a sweet spot of not being so sleepy, but still being quite heartfelt. And it's it's one of Elvis's more, I don't know, emotionally satisfying songs. Joel, well, I think you have to choose between. Well, this is an odd question, then. though, because yeah. what happens on a triple twin if we all vote for one different thing? But generally speaking, we eliminate one. Generally speaking, or we do. Up front. But I'll let you know this, gentlemen. One of these songs was at one point my all-time favorite song. And it is still one of the songs I will never skip, and I love it so much. And that's Pet Shop Boys. It's Pet Shop uh, Boys. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not I mad. love Pet Shop Boys. But Willie Nelson would be second. Elvis would actually be third Same. in my ranking here. Well, with that, the Pet Shop Boys cover wins. Now we have Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners. Is this a good talk talk again? That's how he talks. And come on, Eileen. He's like a ghost. By Save Ferris. Oh, yeah, they had a song. I think this is a band that's basically unknown, but I think it's a cover that is. Well, I, I've, I've known about this cover right, for a long no, time. Yeah. Right time, right place. And vice versa. Because Save Ferris, like, who are they? Who, They're a yeah. ska band. Sure. Yeah. And this song made them a big deal. Big deal. A big, yeah. Quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, I guess. This is another one I want to call Kent out on. I think this is another box one. Did you vote for this one? I did, but then I regretted it almost immediately because I was like, you know, I like the second one. But like they didn't really chart well enough. It got number twenty six on alternative songs chart. Whereas uh, "Coming Eileen" by Dexys Minute Renders got number one. Yeah. In fact, it prevented Michael Jackson from having back to back number one hits in the U.S. It was Billie Jean, but and then this hit, and then beat it. Was in, the next in one. slight defense, I really think like the for the ska period, and I think the instrumentals work really well for Save Ferris's version. Plus, Joel Save Ferris. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I, I don't like that they use his name. <laughs> I do. They, they used his name in vain. Yes. Don't use Ferris's name in vain. But it's like, oh, it's gone. It's that's so adorable that it fit then. But it's not Dexie's Midnight Runners. Oh, I think I think say Ferris's peak was when they were in uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, that's true. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's letters to Cleo Kent. Ah! Uh, <laughs> hook, line, and sinker! Oh, you trapped me for not knowing the soundtrack of that movie. The movie that you defended for a whole episode. Yeah, one. Um, can I just, uh, like, I don't know, I, I don't, there's an alarm or something. Boo! I got I got a beef with you, Joel, on yeah. this one. You, sir, you have, I don't, won't say ruined, you have altered this song forever in my mind because every time i hear oh every yeah. time i hear this song about covid 19 you infectious disease you can find that on moment, youtube you've wrecked everything. there's actually a, like everyone was doing that right around that time and i'm just one of the many but i, I have a respect the best line we're in distress and under house arrest it's so good and the winner is dexy's midnight runners the original by the way i fit this in joel you're wrong they're both on the soundtrack <laughs> but the one song was the big song uh they're both there now we have hazy shade of winter by simon and garfunkel you like that long drawn out note? Wow. Yeah. Versus Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bengals. The 
This is, for me, the first Color Me Surprised. I had no idea that the Bengals version was a cover. Really? None. Oh. Well, that's. Uh, I hope that happens a lot to to listener out there. I hope you're enjoying this because sometimes I was shocked like, oh, wow, there's a song that came before that one? Does Simon and G's song get Don't like... Don't call Simon and <laughs> You know, I love doing that just no. for you. Does it get hidden in their discography, you think? It oh, yes. feels a little out of place. Yeah, because well, it, it almost had an up-tempo to it. Yes. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so they're like, sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry, it was a little bit peppy. It's about the same tempo as The Boxer, right? Sure. But then you have uh, Hazy Tina Winter by Simon and Garfunkel came out in 1966. Hit the number Bengals 13. Came, hit number 13. And then the Bengals version came out in 1987. Hit, hit number, number two. two. Simon and Garfunkel, they had a standalone single that they were doing this Hazy Shade of Winter. And it was kind of this counterpoint to California Dreaming of just like the dreariness mm-hmm. of that. Paul Simon actually wrote it in 1965 when he was kind of trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. And he was a poet. And it's about him. It's basically self. It's autobiographical. Okay. It's like every one of their songs. Yeah. Whereas the Bengals, they wrote theirs for the film soundtrack for Less Than Zero. Do you guys yeah. remember that movie? Nope. No. Nope. Less Than Zero. But the song is just so fun. It gets me pumped up. And it has cowbell. It does. It have does. It's nice. No, this is a great song. Uh, the first time I uh, recall listening to it was actually on some like... I don't know, VH1 best of the 80s compilation mm-hmm. CD. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. This, this song's, it goes some places. This is interesting, which will make sense. Like, okay, if it was written by Simon and Garfunkel, that's a sound base to start with. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think they take it to a more like fun 80s level. Agreed. They and, do. and Joel, let's think about it. Which one would Laura like Gilmore go for? She's Why? A big, she's a big Bengals fan. She is. So, you know, well, you don't know, like Gilmore Joel's <laughs> the Lord like Gilmore. Or well, yeah. and I, I want to put a caution out there. Sure. Because I do feel this is just my my theory here that it's not whatever came first. It's whatever you hear first that you usually like more than the cover version. Yeah, that's probably true. So like if I if I've had if, my mind changed a couple of times in some. But, but most of the time, I think that's why I, work, I put a caution out there, because with my kids, a lot of times I'm like. I don't want them to listen to this version. I want to listen to this version. Then they'll like the original version. And then all these other covers they can like too, but not as much as their original one that they heard. Okay. I get a little snobbish when it comes to sure. that. One of these songs is by fantastic artists that I highly, highly enjoy most of their and, songs. And the other is by Simon and Garfunkel. And one of these is also another never skip because I am choosing the Bengals. Yeah. That yeah. drum, that drum, I will start tapping that on whatever the table is I'm so at. good dun, too. Dun, 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 uh, dun. It's Bengals all the way. Bengals win. Oh, yeah. Please sweep. Simon Garfunkel got swept out. The Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals cover wins. Now we have Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Versus Higher Ground by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We were listening to this song uh, this evening, my wife and I. She's like, wow, the bass on that song is really good. I'm like, uh, it's Flea. Of course it is. Of course it is. Fun fact, I'm going to this one with the clean slate, fellas. What? I have no real knowledge of either one of these songs. You never versions. saw Beavis and Butthead do America? Did not. Because I'm pretty sure that's what the Chili Peppers version is in. Yeah, it's or it. what hits. And it was the only real good song on that CD. Well, no, yeah. the Red Hot Chili Peppers version, which came out in 1989, was included in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, not the... 
I don't think it was the newer one. I think it was the older one. Okay. Right? The, yeah, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the the, the American producer. I think one in the, roller, yeah, yeah. the rollerblading scene. Uh, also in... Uh, well, no, when they're skydiving. Oh, also yeah. Also in Beavis the Butthead, the one we talked about. Uh, it was in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Walking Tall, Longest Yard, The Karate Kid, uh, the newer Honestly, one. I know this song from the movies. <laughs> like, yeah. That's where I've heard it the most. And Stevie Wonders came out in 1973, and his did peak at number four on Billboard Hot 100, whereas the Chili Peppers only 11th on yeah. the U.S. alternative airplay, a different chart. Altogether. Joel, I don't blame you for not having heard this song. Like, I actually don't like either song until you get to the chorus. Right. And then I feel like, okay, that, that's pretty fun. Yeah. I selected these uh, and brought it to this show because, for me, this is a pretty even split. Sometimes, you know, I had a clear preference one or the other. For me, it was because one is doing the funk thing and the other is doing the you rock, know, the, the, the 90s rock thing. Yeah. I, I feel like they are very similar. Like the pace is pretty much the same. There's not huge liberties taken, but it's almost just the instrumentation alone. And then the singing voices that completely transformed. The well, song. Stevie right. Wonder, oh, fantastic voice. He wrote the song. He's, he's such a creative force. He wrote the song in a three hour burst of creativity is what it said here. <laughs> and then he played all How the instruments be? on the track, including the drums and percussion. That's all him. This is actually recorded just before Stevie Wonder was involved in a near fatal car accident. It left Ooh. him in a coma. Oh, and geez. the whole theme around uh, higher ground is like a, a, a reincarnation and a new life. You know, it's funny, Joel, a three hour burst of creativity is what I call every bacon cell recording session. Aww. <laughs> I'm split on this one. I don't really have a favorite because I don't really like other songs. I'll go first then. Okay. Uh, just because, like I said, I went into this kind of fresh. I have to admit, the Red Hot Chili Peppers one, when that started playing, like I listened yeah. to the whole Stevie Wonder one, I'm like, yeah, it's a that's good fun. song. I liked it. It's a real good song. And I turn on the Red Hot Chili Peppers version, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, I'm the Kool Aid yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. This might be the first good Chili Pepper song in my mind. I don't like early Chili Pepper stuff at yeah, all. Yeah, it's a little rough. And it's their, I, this, this is, is their fourth I, album. Yeah, this Mother's is where Milk. I think they found their actual musicality. Mm-hmm. They'd probably agree as well. I, I'm going to give it to them as well. Okay. And weirdly enough, clean sweep for the Chili Peppers. Okay. The Red Hot Chili Peppers cover wins. Now we have Feeling Good by Nina Simone. And I'm feeling good. So we're not singing lyrics, we're just going S-E-X-Y music That's a little family friendly This is very similar though, so we need to let people hear. Okay, fine. Versus Feeling Good by Muse. And I'm feeling Much more heavy on the guitar there. Yeah. Less horns. No horns. No horns, yeah. None horns. And Feeling Good by Michael Bublé. And I'm feeling. Oh, he's so handsome. Good. Zach, he's so handsome. If, Did you hear if that? If you voice? want to hear the full versions, go to our Spotify playlist. But that's just uh, the cart. Stop that's hating Michael Bublé. <laughs> I can't even say his name. He's a hack. He's got a wonderful voice. His career is entirely based on the career of other people. Look, I know uh, okay. he might as he is a cover uh, artist. What Elvis? What he, every recruiter ever? Harry Michael, Connick Jr. Michael Bublé hmm. is the me first in the gimme gimmes of big band. You're, you you're stop just, it right you're spreading now. Spreading a lot of blue blate right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bublé hate. Bublé hate. The Nina Simone version is spicy. It is, but the Muse version is so good until it isn't. I, is, is it sad that I used to think Nina Simone was was a guy? No, really? based the, on based on the vocals that, of that, that song, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "That's a girl." No, no, that's not weird at all. Yeah, uh, my wife but couldn't tell. Look, I know, I know. You two, uh, what are you going to uh, call I, us, I, I, idiotas, uh, <laughs> gentlemen? Uh-huh. Yes. Sure, that you two gentlemen are going to vote for the Muse song. I have no doubt in my mind you're going to vote for the Muse song. Uh-huh. You're looking at Zach, who might pick the more Bondy song. 
Nina Simone or Michael Bublé, you Nina won't Simone. vote for Bublé, but they, it sounds more Bond. But you guys both, like I think you both just like, you know, professed your love and proposed to Muse on a couple episodes ago. They said no. <laughs> Again? Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying. So it doesn't really matter what I vote. Uh, am, I, am I right in my assumption here? What, what are you going to vote? I want to know what you two vote for. Okay, here's the thing. I'll tell you about the Muse song, sir. I, I'm a big fan of Muse. This song, to me, starts out great. I love the instrumentation. I love the guitar. And then that first verse is great. And then the second verse comes in. And someone over at Muse, you know, Matthew Bellamy, who's the lead singer, he's like, hey, what if I took this perfectly good song and I completely ruined it by singing through a megaphone? Because that's what it sounds like. And it, to me, is butterflies in the sky. You're not half real. It is almost like twice as high. Almost <laughs> unlistenable. The Nina Simone version is spicy. But the best version of this song comes from Mr. Michael Bublé. <laughs> It is really good. You just got over and your boob late. I like it a lot. It's really, it's really good. Who are you? Because it's, it's actually, Nina Simone's, but it's polished. It's actually spicier. It's, it doesn't sound like it's sung live. The at horns a, a dance are club. so good. It's so and, smooth. And the way that he, the the ending of this song, when he just sings that, I'm feeling good. And it like, that is um, awesome. I think he loves Michael Bublé. I think he does now. I think we just uh, turned a corner here. I just picked Michael Bublé over Muse. I'm going to go Muse. Just because it's you the one to. I actually you love. To. I love it. You guys just throw out the original just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> having listened to all three, uh, once again, this is a song I knew mm-hmm. vaguely. Uh, the thing about this song is that it was originally written for a musical called The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. I did not flip that. That's, that's what the thing is called. Right. And it was on Nina Simone's album called I Put a Spell on You. It was not a single at the time. But then in 94, it was in a Volkswagen commercial and became popular in the UK. Uh, with Muse, theirs uh, was in a Nescafe commercial. Mm. Without, oh, that makes sense. Without their permission. So they sued and used the right. money to donate to a, 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 a charity of some sort. And then they replaced it in the Nescafe with the Nina Simone version. And Michael Bublé's got popular because of the commercials as well. It was in the ESPN's 2005 World Series of Poker Tournament and an uh, NBA draft yeah. broadcast. And he's <laughs> just popular and really handsome. I remember the World Series of Poker commercials. Yeah. That's funny. And it was, it was in a couple different British advertisements as well. But listening to all three, which yeah. I encourage that you do yeah. on our Spotify playlist, Michael Blue Blade takes this one. Yeah, yeah. I get it. That uh, was I, so smooth. Not, yeah. not to poke holes, because I do think it's a good version, but I, I was a little bit, um, maybe bothered is the word, by uh, the rhythm with Nina Simone's version. Because when she's singing kind of yeah. just almost acapella at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not quite with the rhythm of the song. It's very creative. Yes. But I don't really care for it. It feels a little it. awkward. It's a little bit awkward. So and that's the other thing I was going to point out. That was 65. Muse was in 2001. And Michael Bublé was in 2005. So are we saying the, the newest one won? Yeah. I think so. It's I a, say newest one. There's so many people that cover right. this. It's, it's a good song. I got to put aside my Bublé. Yes. But none of these admit. charted either. <laughs> none of them charted. But we put it on here because... This They're song, great. This is a lot of fun. The Michael Bublé cover wins. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. Now we have Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Are you hurting? I'm the ambient noise in the back. It's, it's true. This song evokes emotions in me. Versus Hurt by Johnny Cash. I will let you Seriously, guys, these two songs both like speak to my college age soul. Yeah, I believe it. 
Why and college age? Because 1994 for Nine Inch Nails. No, but that's the thing. is like when uh, Johnny Cash's came out in 2003, yeah. college era for me, mm-hmm. I went, oh, this is a cover? And I listened to both of them. Oh, and I was no. like, wow. Joel, you were at BYU. Did you get kicked out? Is the, <laughs> did the honor code kick you out for listening to Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> no. I think. I, I think it's in the honor code. Yeah. Uh, but Academy Award winner Trent Reznor. I feel yeah, like I, when I listen to that, I need to like scrub the evil off of me. I know this isn't evil. This is pain. Is it, what it, it, a lot of pain. About seventy-five percent of the way through the song, it gets a little evil. Uh, There's some pretty hard guitar near the end. Yeah, that I like you get a little that's bit. That's true. Like, I like that you gave it like a mathematic formula. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, the the Nine Inch Nails version is like six minutes long. Johnny Cash run, I think, is only like three. Yeah, seventy five percent of the way through the song, it gets eighty percent more evil. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. When Johnny Cash approached Nine Inch Nails, uh, well, he didn't approach him as his uh, agent or producer. Yeah. Someone did, but they said, "Hey, can he cover this?" Uh, Reznor said he was flattered, but he thought it's going to be sound really gimmicky. Mm-hmm. And then once he and when he heard the song, he actually wasn't a fan until he saw the music video. And then he's like, I get it. Yeah, I feel what Johnny Cash he, is feeling. He said that song isn't mine anymore. Yep. It's Johnny Cash's song. And, and Johnny Cash isn't known for having a great singing voice, but his voice in that song is beautiful. Yeah. Well, Johnny Cash, is it's this rugged, yeah. he's been through it. You can hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trent Reznor's is this uh, kind of angsty young person right wasting their life johnny yeah. johnny cash has looking back on his whole yeah. life the the trent Reznor version is looking forward at what yeah. his life going to be well there's another very popular um johnny cash cover maybe this featured. could be an entire johnny cash cover show because yeah. his american recordings yeah. uh that's so many covers and yes. they're all great yeah maybe featured on other shows uh, sure specifically uh won't back down by tom petty he does yeah that's a good version um, but it, he did it a little bit before, and he had a stronger voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the best features of this song is that it's late in Johnny's life, and he's Near the weathered, end. and it makes the song mean more, and it's it, it has this richness to it. Yeah. The, the crackly voice, the, the weaker vocals make this song better. Yeah. And not to downplay Trent Reznor's version, because no, when I listen to that one, there is definitely a, a feel to it. Like yeah. the, the electronic that we talked about, that kind yeah. of grimy... Uh, Feel almost dissonant, like it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it's 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 stepping in in water with socks. I don't know if you guys remember the Seinfeld episode where every time they hear uh, Desperado, I think it is, they start Mm -hmm. staring off in the distance. Yeah, Yeah. honestly, I have my it's on my playlist, and sometimes when uh, it comes on, I just stop and just stare at nothing. I mean, my keys, just my hands off the keys. It really does kind of have that trigger that emotion of like, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with the life I'm at. Yeah, sure. But this kind of... But sometimes back. you need to feel a little dark, and it's that sometimes. song. 75% the way through. <laughs> 80% more evil. So wait, you're voting for Johnny Cash, Zach. You I will vote that. for Johnny Cash. Okay. Easily. I think it's... it's Easily Johnny Cash. I I do relate more to the Johnny Cash version, and it doesn't have a swear in it, so... There's yeah. a swear in there? Yeah, well, uh, Johnny Cash says Crown of Thorns. Trent Reznor says Crown of Shuff. Oh, no idea. So watch out for that in the Spotify playlist. That was one I couldn't remember. I I Sorry. <laughs> Skip over it. You right. probably, I was going to say, if you're looking for him friendly, probably don't listen to Trent Reznor songs. Yeah. But you'll probably just make in it general. 30% yeah. the way through the song. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And then stop. Then stop. The Johnny Cash cover wins. What have I become? Now we have I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. So sweet. Oh, just innocent and sweet. Honestly. Versus but. I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. And I so powerful. So pure. Now you're probably wondering, Joel, 
Why didn't she choose the clip when the drums hit and then she hit I the was really waiting notes? for it. Because that wouldn't be fair. It's not fair because Dolly Parton's doesn't actually belt. No. It just stays consistent. It's a consistently beautiful song. Yeah. It is. Hers and came it, out in 1974. It's charted twice because she had like two different versions. She, right? had, she had an original version, then she had one that she put on a movie, and then she had a third one that she did a duet uh, with, uh, oh, Vince Gill. And so she's done this song three times, and yet in 1997? When did, or, or 92. 92 for the 92. Bodyguard? Yeah, when the Bodyguard came out. People still were like, oh, Dolly Parton did that song? Yeah, I think that, that was the first case of this is not an original. Yeah, I cards on the table. Uh, when I listened to this song tonight with my wife, I started crying. Because Are you Joel? This <laughs> You've cried so I often lately. I love this, both versions of this song. Oh, yeah, it really the is. The Dolly Parton version of this song is so sweet and wonderful and pure. Yes. And it is, it is a beautiful song. But there's nothing compared to the power of Whitney Houston singing this song. It may be one of the best vocals ever recorded. I would agree. And it's such a sad that it's just wasted now. Like, I really, that every time I hear the song, and I was talking to my kids about sure. it, she had a fantastic voice, a wonderful career, and she threw it away because of drugs. All the talent in the world. A fun fact about that song, though, uh, she almost did What Becomes of the Brokenhearted for The Bodyguard. Huh. You guys know that song? Yeah, yeah. And it was being used for uh, fried green tomatoes. Because I guess, once, once again, soundtrack songs is like, hey, I've got a theme. Uh, I want it. I want it. Mm. And so she and Kevin Costner actually found this song, Dolly Parton's version. Yeah. And they're like, let's go for it. One fun fact about Dolly Parton's version is that uh, she actually wrote this song and Jolene on the same day. What? Which I'm like, great day. Good day yeah. for her. <laughs> and that Stevie Wonder. <laughs> when, once the song came out and started going number one on the country charts, uh, Elvis Presley mentioned that he wanted to cover the song. Yeah. And so Parton was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Until Colonel Tom Parker told her that it was standard procedure for the songwriter to sign over half of the publishing rights to any song Elvis recorded. And she refused. And she was Good having work. so much stress about it. Cause she was like, I just, Elvis would have covered my song. Elvis Presley would have covered my song. But then she said, then when the Whitney Houston version came out, I made enough money to buy Graceland. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. Man, Dolly Parton's is so sweet and so simple. But yes, I got to give it to Whitney Houston as well. Easily. So I love the Dolly Parton version. But come on. It's Whitney Houston is an all-timer. Yes. Cover's got to take it. Whitney Houston's cover wins. And I wish you joy and happiness. Now we have I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Just dancing over here. What? Are we in an elevator right now? <laughs> we're, all <laughs> we're all dancing over here. Versus I Will Survive by Cake. Oh, yeah. I will survive. No, no, let him hit the wrong notes. Not yeah. <laughs> I can speak sing just like him. Uh, this is an obvious choice for me. I'm picking Glory Gaynor. I'm just right out of the gate. I don't like the Cake version. Oh, you don't? What? No, I, I don't like... He, he doesn't sing notes. He's he never does. He's doing his own has. thing. He's like, hey, I'm talking here. But that's, hey. that's okay because it works oh, for their yeah. bands. That's what people expect. All right. <laughs> F word. <laughs> Yeah, random F word, which random Gloria Gaynor did not appreciate. She did not like the version because of that. Yeah. We do have the clean version of this on the playlist. I did find a clean version of this Oh, one. good job. Gloria Gaynor's version came out in 1978, peaked at number one. Cakes came out in 1997 and was on your alternative airplay. Do you not even like the guitar work on Cake's version? Though? I love the guitar solo. It's fine. It's the MVP love, of the song. I love the bass line. As well. Oh, yeah. The bass line is uh, really... And it's... What I like about both the bass and guitar is it's not in the original song, right? It's yeah. a different thing. They don't have the classic 
you know, uh, da, 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 until the end mm-hmm. on the trumpet, yeah. the very end of the song. It's almost like the, the reward for, uh, you know, getting through their version of it. It's like, okay, you, you listen to how we want to interpret this song. We're going to, you know, kind of send you home with what you know. And I give it a big meh. I don't, I don't really. dislike it. It's just kind of like, meh, I'd rather those in the Glory Gainer version. Uh, I'm just going out on a limb here, and I'm saying Fashion Nugget by Cake is a masterful the album. The second album. Uh, it is amazing. Yeah, and somehow Joel found an edited version I of did. Yeah. that album. And like, but the, I couldn't the song, the song Nugget, like, that's the, it's got a lot yeah. of swears, and not and the but, one that Joel found. Thank you. But I yeah. counted how many songs I like on Fashion Nugget, and this was my ninth favorite song wow. from that album. On just the one album? On just one album. How I many tracks are it. there? There's like 13. Oh. And so being the I ninth... I peg you for a cake guy, Kent. Uh, back in the day, I sure huh. was, for this album specifically. Okay. Yeah, but so the ninth best track does not beat Gloria yeah. Gaynor That is a me. powerful anthem. Like, you play that, you're going to get people on the dance floor. Yeah. I, I feel like we're talking about the cake version a lot. Uh, because it's maybe a little underrated, underknown. I love it. I've listened to it many, many times. Mm-hmm. But come on. I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Library of Congress. Is classic. so yeah. good. Number one for three weeks. It's so much fun. Whether you are, you know, whether it reminds you of a road trip or it reminds you of that one scene in the jail and replacements. Like, it <laughs> is... It is a good time. It is also. It was also submitted for the Song of Songs tournament that we did. Make itself so. And it was a good submission. It was. Yeah. Gloria Gaynor's version, the original, wins. At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. Next, we have one of my very favorite, a triple twin of "I'm a Believer," first by the Monkees. Then I saw her face. Now I'm, I'm a believer. believer. Also by Neil Diamond. What? Then I saw her face. America. You stop that. <laughs> I already did don't, it. Don't you disrespect Neil. And Smash Mouth. Then I saw her face. When Gargling with Razor Blades was a fad in the ninth in the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, rude. Uh, so fun fact. What? Uh, I just Hear me out. You're talking to Kid Shrek over here. Right, that's what I'm worried <laughs> Sorry, about. Sorry, Zach, that's your this nickname. This is one of <laughs> Kid Shrek. Shrek this here. is one of two songs on this thing featured in Shrek. Original song by the Monkees, but it was written by Neil Diamond. Neil yeah. Diamond wrote it, let the Monkees have it back in 1966. And then in 1979, Neil Diamond went, I want to sing it. Yeah, and they so, did. because it was number one for seven weeks. And it appeared in four consecutive episodes of their TV show. I think they were like, hey, people like this. Let's just keep putting it on an episode. And then in the late 90s, probably, a bunch of producers were sitting around going, "Uh, what song should we put in Shrek? Um, Hey, this song says, I thought love was only true in fairy tales at the beginning. Is that Mrs. Turnblad? Literally, the song song was chosen for the opening line, I thought love was only true in fairy tales. And they're like, all right, let's get who's hot right now? All Star. Or not All Star, Smash Mouth. They did All Star as well. Yeah, on that track. and then, also then on track. Eddie Murphy did the song. He did it as well. And I like I like Smash Mouth's version. It does. It dun, takes me dun, back. Dun, yeah, boy, I, I enjoy it. Neil Diamond's version, forgettable. But I had yeah, to totally have to give him some props because right. he's the one that wrote the song. But I gotta give it to the Monkees. Don't you think Smash Mouth's version was perfect for the era, though? Like this is yeah, the, yeah. I mean, two thousand one. It, it perfectly fit the movie. I mean, it's weird that Smash Mouth are like so tied in with such a great animated film. Two songs, two Smash yeah. Mouth songs on one soundtrack. That's yeah. too much Smash Mouth. That's way too much Smash Mouth. Uh, but though only two. That's actually all Smash Mouth good songs, right? There's there. like, oh no, there's might as well be walking on the sun. Yeah, that's a fun. Yeah, I I was a big fan of the Monkees back in the day. I watched the show, and this song was on the chart for seven weeks. Number one on the yeah. chart for seven weeks. 
I remember when I was in the sixth grade and I was uh, sitting on the grass of the field and uh, being a loner as I was. And I was Listen just Trent Reznor. I was just singing uh, Smash Mouth's version of "I'm a Believer" to myself. Oh, oh. it wasn't even a ballad version. I'm it was. I'm a believer. Why a were you singing this about a particular girl? Yeah, good. That's cute. She never talked back to me. <laughs> she never said hi. Just anyway, I like this version of the song. It's really good. Smash Mouth wins. Sex crying again. Ugh. That they win for you. Never win for me. I, I'm going to vote for Smash Mouth because I think it is. Maybe it's the modern producing or whatever. Yeah. I have more fun with the version. I have the positive memories of Shrek, and it came out when I was young, and I grew up with it. Right. So it's it's my version. I think Smash Mouth pulled it off. I think they did very well with the song. I think they did too. But, but I, once again, I, I grew up on the monkeys. For some reason, I watch their show all the time, much like you, Joel. Yeah. It's just the era we lived in. I yeah, guess. we watched these movies. We watched these shows from the 60s in the 80s. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Nick at Night was a weird uh, and, Yeah, And let much respect, of course, to Neil Diamond. However, this song's lame. I don't like it at all from, from him. Oh, no, his, yeah. I agree. His, his, monkey. Fine. Oh, his is fine. terrible. If you like grandpa's doing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. mom. Ag- agreed. I, She's n- a not a big fan. fan. So I'd put the monkeys second for sure. But the monkeys original ish. Version wins. Now we have a Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and Wings. Say live and let die. Listen to the difference here, though. It's kind of that orchestral. Yeah. Yeah. And if you see the movie Live and Let Die, you will hear it no fewer than 97 times. (laughs) Versus Live and Let Die by Guns N' Roses. Say live and let die. song is beautiful horns epic 70s james bond awesomeness and the other is a cat scratching a chocolate okay and you don't like guns and roses i don't like axel roses no, singing like guns or roses <laughs> anti-gun Wait, and you don't rose. like it mm? put the un in there uh, and titan okay yes that makes sense i don't like when paul mccartney and the wings by the way can wings ever have a normal song that isn't seven songs compiled into one yeah because when they get all reggae what is it in the second bridge yeah i was like oh i hate this song that's paul mccartney's wife wrote that part and it's oh terrible. Sorry, it, it really does mess up the song it, yeah it's, it's totally because when, the when gnr do that part it's way more natural if you well, say yeah. so much better. doesn't hate as much yeah gnr or gorr no, i appreciate i like slash no, Slash is perfect for this song. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is a great, makes great song. Work in there. So Paul McCartney's version came out in, I'm just going to say Paul McCartney's version, because I sure. think Wings even said, that ah, was Paul's song. Uh, but that came out in 1973. Guns N' Roses came out in 1991. Paul McCartney's did chart better at number two, whereas Guns N' Roses only got 33. Yeah. I definitely heard GNR's first, and many really? times before I knew that James Bond was a thing. But see, right. I, I, I didn't learn to love this until we had our marathon. I heard actually. Paul McCartney's version of this song many times before I realized it was a James Bond song. Oh, okay. Oh, I yeah. just heard it on like classic radio. It was radio. the most successful Bond uh, song up to that point. Number one on two of three major U.S. charts. And arguably one of the worst. Also, uh, the first one, the first Bond theme song to be nominated for Academy Award, but lost to The Way We Were by mm. Barbra Streisand. Oh, okay. I, good song, not a great Bond song. Well, they wanted they wanted Shirley Bassey or Thelma yeah. Houston to perform it instead of Wings, but the uh, George Martin, uh, his manager, said, nope, you can only um, use the song if he uses it, if yeah. he's able to sing it in the opening Paul McCartney's credits. not writing you a song. He's performing you a song. Take it or leave it. And You're like, welcome. Oh, all right, take it. Put my vote out there. If I'm going to listen to one all the way through yeah. and I don't want to go on some weird trip, it's Guns N' Roses. Okay. 
Zach, you're obviously voting for. Uh, well, for me, the Guns N' Roses version musically uh, is sound. I, I really like it. The the difference for me is legitimately Axl Rose. I do not like. I get it. Him singing. The, His the, voice, like Willie Nelson's, is an acquired taste. The the you know producing of it, the the kind of harder sound to it, the guitar work slash is amazing. It's all it all works for me. But at the end of the day, uh, maybe it's nostalgia talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the Paul McCartney version. Sure. Joel. Guns and Roses. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. So the reason why, before I, I, I don't, I'm not just poking the bear here. Yeah, I'm that, not going to yeah. give you a hard time. But, it, oh, I was hoping to get called a fool in a oh, different you're language. The, you're the worst. No, I want it in, like, You don't mean that. I want it like Portuguese. Um, have your pistols and tulips song. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, with Paul McCartney's, I really, it is jarring the way it switched. It's never been one of my favorite Bond songs because it's I, li- not, yeah. I like the slow leading into the into the hard but then when it's like, what is it matter to you? That almost completely And back to the song. slow at the end. And I'm like, it, it really doesn't feel like one cohesive song, whereas Guns N' Roses feels like one cohesive song mm-hmm. all the way through. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I do probably listen to that. I've listened to that one more, and I probably will listen to that one more. Okay. So Guns N' Roses just beat up Paul McCartney. I'm so sorry, Dad. Wow. Oh, wow. No one's going to be mad at me. like that. But, mm, the Guns N' Roses version wins is a sentence I did not think I would ever <laughs> say in my life. Now we have Love Song by The Cure. Versus Love Song by 311. Basically the same. Um, the, the little, this thing is like, it, vocal wise, it, you could almost think it's like a different I think they, they I think they know this as well, yeah. but it also kind of like Smash Mouth did really well with their yeah. version of theirs of uh, I'm a Believer. 311 does something really well, and that's the there's a reggae. It's the groove. Yeah, yeah it's reggae a reggae groove. The, groove. the great bass line, the, uh, the offbeat guitar yeah. chucks, uh, that, that all works very well. It just depends. Do you want to have a song that leaves, like, leaves you feeling depressed or high? Like it, it's just a matter of preference. Well, it's not exactly depressed. Robert Smith did say this is a song. This is a straightforward love song. He said it's an open show of emotion. It's not trying to be clever. It's taken me ten years to okay. reach the point where I can be comfortable singing a very straightforward love song. But the happiest Cure song is the saddest song ever written, though. Right? <laughs> this is actually a wedding present to his fiance, uh, Robert Smith, uh, who he's still married to, by the way, which oh, is crazy good for him. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't sound like a love song. And I always want to say, oh, I don't really like the Cure. And then I listen to a love song. And I'm like, I like the Cure. Yeah. I like the every time. Dun, 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 uh, whereas 311, dun, dun, they wrote this song. Well, they didn't write this song. They performed this song for the soundtrack 51st Date. So I think they were kind of signed on to do it. Mm. And they're like, hey, that's in our wheelhouse. We can do that very well. That's, and it became. That's Wyatt. Yeah, it is, I did not know. It that. became a chart top perform 59 on the Hot 100. Yeah, whereas uh, Cure got number two. Yes. Got a lot of play on a, an alternative radio station I used to listen to. For sure. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to give it to The Cure, but I'm not going to bash on the 311 version because, man, it's just chill. It's yeah. just nice. And I, I actually do, well, I, I really like the synth uh, version in The Cure where it's like, yeah, I like that. The guitar work the is guitar one is nice yeah, in good. 311. It's good. For me, it's, it's a sad boy song. Written by the sad boy. Right. Robert well, Smith is the, like, if if you don't know what Robert Smith looks like, just picture Edward Scissorhands without the scissors. Like, <laughs> that's Johnny Depp. And he's kind of let himself go a little bit. Well, sure. Hey, hey. he's wearing like barber smocks. Hey, <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, I, one thing that bugs me about the song in general, though, is they cannot decide whether it's a love song, one word, or love space song, True. two words. True. The Cure did it all over the place. I think yeah. 311 stuck with the two words, but yeah, it's it's confusing. What are you going with, Kent? Uh, just barely The Cure. 
I think 311s is really easy to listen to. Yeah, Maybe easier to listen to. Super easy to listen to. But it's yeah. just not as good. I'm happy that it's both both are on the playlist yeah. as well. I'm going to go with The Cure, but uh, good versions all around. The Cure's original version wins. Welcome to another triple twin matchup, Ooh. which we have Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Oh, no. Also, Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. Hallelujah. 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 And I'm, I, I mean, I'm just happy that this uh, this gentleman features on this playlist. We have Hallelujah by Woofus Wayne White. <laughs> yes, yes he's on the show. When did Woofus Wayne White? <laughs> How is Woofus Wayne White? Canadian pop star on the show so many times. I can't say his name anymore. (laughs) Woofus Wayne White. (laughs) I think one time we messed it up, but it's become a running gag on Bacon Sale forever now. He's appearing every season. Anyway, here's the song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's really talented. It's a good voice. Hallelujah. Now now stay with me as I weave this tangled web, shall we? So, Hallelujah, written by Leonard Cohen, originally in 1984. It was then created, it was then, we didn't want to have this cover on here, but it was recorded by John Cale in 1991. Yeah. Mm. But, but he was too busy doing the smoothie thing. Well, <laughs> C-A-L-E. Oh, never John mind. Cale. Not the superfood. <laughs> but then, uh, Jeff Buckley, he was inspired by Cale's cover, and so then he did his own version of yeah. it, and that was one that was huge and famous. But then, sadly, Jeff Buckley drowned in an accidental drowning mm-hmm. in, in uh, a river. And shame. that actually inspired Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I tried. I tried so hard to say it right. Rufus Wainwright. Uh, he was in, he was uh, moved by uh, Jeff Buckley's tragic death. And so he decided to record this as a tribute to him. This is where it gets twisted, though, because a lot of people know this from Shrek, which has an amazing soundtrack yes. in the movie. If you're watching the movie, John Kill's version is playing in the movie. The version we don't if, have on our playlist. If you buy the soundtrack, it's Wolfitz White. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's super weird. Yeah, I don't know what's going because on Because their versions are very polished. And I, that's why I really wanted Rufus. Oh, I wanted Mr. Wainwright to be on the playlist <laughs> and on the show because it's such a pretty version that's like polished, right? It is very polished. But it's Leonard, not the prettiest. Leonard Cohen has that really gruff sounding. That was 84. Jeff Buckley was in 2007. Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Leonard Cohen, he's one of these savants for his own songs. Zach, are you going to be okay? I need to clarify. Jeff Buckley's came out in 94 yeah. originally on his album. So the single was released after Leonard death, Cohen was so death. into this song and the verses. He has uh, dozens of pages dedicated yeah. to different lyrics. Around 80 to as many as 180 verses and for the hit, song. His version of the song didn't even chart until his death in 2016. It hit number 59. Dude, I think Leonard Cohen's voice, I mean, obviously, Zack Snyder, who I love so much, uses it because I feel like it's haunting. It's kind of like a, this, I don't know, I, it's just this ethereal voice. It is. It's like a, a character you'd hear in a cartoon singing in a cave. Totally. But the problem is, Ken, I... 
I don't. I, I'm gonna get rigged across the coast for this because I just bashed on uh, both Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth for gravelly voices and Cake for talk singing. Yeah, but I gotta go with the Leonard Cohen version here. Really? Because wow. Of the it, it, it builds, it builds better. I'll give you that. It, but it starts also, so terribly. It's the dissonance of his voice and the beautiful choir and the balance of those two. Uh-huh. This is one of those also. Just I start staring Listen, off in the distance songs. When I, I respect your choice, but hard disagree. Jeff Buckley is. This is a masterpiece. He took this song. And he's like, oh, it's going to be one of the greatest songs. If you of all like time Baby now. Hallelujah, that's fine. It's not even, it's the prettiest. The I like soul, the grown up version. The soul is there and it feels so real. It feels so personal. It feels like Jeff Buckley wrote this song. Uh, well, I, then I'm going to give an honorable mention to the version at the end of the movie St. Ralph that my wife showed me this evening. Oh, okay. It's a very, Ralph? very nice moment. Is that the one with uh, John Goodman? No, that's <laughs> King Ralph. <laughs> that was after he was king. Oh, is yeah, that the yeah, one where, yeah. oh, it's, oh it's is this one pre- where the guy breaks the internet? It's a prequel. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He rides a motorcycle, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many Ralph movies? It's a good name, Ralph. But nobody uses it anymore. You know, there's no babies named Ralph. That means that to me, my version from Woofus Wayne White is removed. Yeah, yeah, if, if we've but already voted. He, to get, here's the thing. I Would you have voted for that one then? Uh, yes and no. Yes, because it's on the Shrek soundtrack, but no, because it's not the version in the movie. Right. The mo- version in the movie is the one I would vote for. Yeah. Because I think it's a brilliant. Which um, we didn't even include Kale's version on here. And it is uh, in, in Shrek. Like, not only is it a, a pretty version of the song, but it's actually like the emotional part of this movie. It's yeah. one of the reasons that this movie is actually pretty good. By the way, this version, the Wolfus Wayne White, is my karaoke go-to song. You must be fun at parties. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I appreciate where uh, where the Leonard Cohen version goes with the choir, but I just cannot get past his vocals, so I'm going to go with the Jeff Buckley version Ooh. between the two. That's Fine. a tough one. Fine. <laughs> Jeff Buckley's cover wins. The baffled king composing hallelujah. Now we have Mad World by Tears for Fears. All around me I love how peppy it is singing lyrics, you know. Yeah. Well, and I find it kind of funny. I find people, it kind of sad. If people didn't, yeah, if people didn't know that it was a cover, when you hear that song, you're like, why are they so happy? When, is, if you listen, if you heard the Tears for Fears version first, you're like, man, that's a really sad. Song. It's really peppy considering the lyrics. Um, also found in the Mad World by Gary Jules and Michael Andrews. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. I know it's not on here. It's not on the playlist, but I am a fan of the alternate version that features uh, more percussion. Yeah. Also found on the Donnie Darko soundtrack. Very good. Um, but so, this this is a classic case of like, oh, they did it wrong first. <laughs> well, it's weird because the lyrics are so important, and I'm not a lyrics guy. I'm a music guy. But the lyrics for the Tears for Fears one feel like an afterthought because they're so fast. It's so peppy. And you're lost. Whereas, the dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever In had. the second one? The lyrics are all it's, the it's entire all perfect. song. It's all you yeah. get, really. And it's because they had a, no budget for that movie. When they wrote that song, he was like, okay, what's my what's my budget? And they're like, nothing. Do it all yourself. Yeah. He had to do all the song, all yeah. the instruments and everything and, himself. And, and Joel, I don't know if your hatred of Donnie Darko is going to make you hate Mad World because it, it's so closely <laughs> tied You know in. me so well. Kevin. I mean, come on. <laughs> that is like the anti-Joel movie. Uh, Tears Fears, that song came out in 1982. And yeah. it, it did well in the UK. It did not do well here in the US. But then Donnie Darko's, uh, that came out 2003? For the record? 2001. Uh, a big fan of the Tears for Fears Best Of album that I grew up with. Oh, 
That's yeah. why, yeah, it was 2001 was when the movie came out and the song was just on that single. soundtrack. Yeah. The single wasn't until two years later because people were like, we like that song. I looked up on Spotify and Tears for Fears version of the song has 103 million listens, whereas the uh, Donnie Darko version has 225. So double. Yeah, neither one of these charted on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, that's true. I so. Now, this is the one that I can use to um, kind of go against the theory of the, the one you hear first is the one that you like better. Mm-hmm. I heard the Tears for Fears version first. I, I kind of grew up on Tears for Fears, but the Gary Jules one is vastly superior in my mind. As much as it is another sad boy song, it's good sad boy song. Is and, it the sad boy song? Maybe. I'd say Maybe. it's the sad boy song for the Gen X gang. Yeah. Uh, Joel, I think kind of like you phase out, you kind of glaze over during songs. This is that song for me. So you guys are both voting for that? Oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Oh, so am I. Oh, okay. There we this go. This is definitely one of those songs that supersedes the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like Donnie Darko, but I really like this song, this, yeah, this cover it's of Mad it's, World. It's and it is far a, and away. It's a stare off in the, the distance song, song where the, I just kind mm-hmm. of start, you know, single tear goes down the cheek. Yeah. Start putting on eyeliner. And if you haven't, check out the alternate version. The drums in it are really cool and it adds a lot. But the Gary Jewels cover wins. Now we have Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. I don't even want to interrupt. But now we are. Silent, just smiling. This is in the rotation of lullabies that my wife sings to kids every oh, night. Oh, so you're voting it ahead. So, whatever. Well, I already know how Zach feels about the other version. Versus Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Israel Kamakabibo Ole. I, I'm so glad you're the one pronouncing Zach, this. the only thing I can pronounce. <laughs> I just I'm say so is. impressed. I just say is. So, uh, so this, 1939, 1993. How did Israel's come out in 1993, but then it didn't really hit like popularity until like 2007? I think after his death. When did 50 First Dates come out? Because I think it was on that as well. Was it? Two hours later. Zach, you are correct. There we go. It was on the soundtrack. It's not on the, like, the official soundtrack, but it's featured in the it's film. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. I think it's at the which end. Which came out in 2002. That makes so much sense. No, uh, 2004. I don't think it was. I don't think the popularity came from that. It was also on Charmed, Snakes on a Plane, and Son of the Mask. Oh, oh Snakes on a oh, Plane. Oh, well. <laughs> well. 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 Uh, the the uh, Israel, I'm just going to say is. is is the is. is version. He literally called the recording studio at 3 a.m., which I'm like, why was someone at the recording studio at mm-hmm. 3 a.m.? They gave him 50 minutes to come over and record. He played, sang one take, and it was over. And that's the song we got. It's wonderful. It's really a unique song. Zach, I think you were saying that like your wife thought it was a different song. Yeah, right? because the well, way... They mix he... in The Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong as well. Yeah. Yes, the, it becomes a little bit of Wonderful World. Uh, the tune itself is not what you'll see in, mm-hmm. in the other version, but it has become its own thing. That said, it missing the actual tune of Somewhere Over the Rainbow is the biggest flaw because that's yeah. the best part of this song. This is a beautiful tune. And how old was Judy Garland when she sung this originally? And she just absolutely crushed it. Yeah, she did. What, what, um, one of the most beautiful songs I've ever AFI heard. AFI named it the best movie song of all time. It's in the Library of Congress, won the best original song, Oscar. And, and deservedly so. Yeah, everyone covered it back in the day as well. Sure. But no one as good as Judy Garland. You're voting for Judy Garland? Absolutely. Zach, who are you voting for? Um, I have to vote for Judy Garland here. I will give my pity vote my, to is then. Yeah, okay. my, my culture says that I, because I don't know if you guys know, I'm a quarter Hawaiian. Um, you I, say ukulele, right? Ukulele. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sorry. Wait, you're, court, you're quarter Hawaiian. Yes. He's, quarter you're, Jew. You're quarter Jewish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to figure out what I'm a quarter of. But as much as it, it is a, a well-known song, I... I have given it a hard time before. I actually don't particularly care for it, and probably because of just being 
overplayed. Sure. And I feel like it's become the poster boy for an entire culture yeah. that I don't really appreciate all that much. And it reminds me, uh, my first trip to Hawaii, uh, we listened to this a lot in the car. Yeah. And it has that positive association. But also, I like the bonus of What a Wonderful World yeah, in nice. the song. The, but, I mean, Judy Garland is so so yes. pure and so nice. But I, I'm i going to give my vote to, my pity vote to Iz. Mm-hmm. I get because it. Because yeah, that does yeah. have a place in my heart. Maybe my thing is like, hey, Iz made other songs and they're really good too. But no, Judy Garland's version is is the signature choice here for me. I'm okay and with it this. Easily to uh, to me wins. Judy Garland's original wins. Someday I'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are. Right now we have the Boys of Summer by Don Henley. And Boys of Summer by the Ataris. This is a classic. I don't know who they are, but I know this song. <laughs> right. Don Henley's from the Eagles. The Ataris were a popular game. <laughs> Hold on. Console. Seriously? The he's from the Eagles? Yeah. I, yeah. Or, sorry, just Eagles? He's Eagles. from Eagles? Yes, he's from Eagles. Where's, I did not know that. This put the Ataris on the map? And, and then, then they immediately fell off of it. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. <laughs> so fun. Read this. Yeah. You got that? Yeah. Well, so if you don't know, in the original song, Don Henley says, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. And mm-hmm. he was talking about his generation selling out where it's this nice car and they got a, a Grateful Dead sticker on it. That's just, that's, yeah, that doesn't bizarre. make sense. And the Ataris changed it because they're like, ah, it's 2003. No one knows who the Grateful Dead anymore. I like their voices. So, we're, yeah. Hey, hey. Hey. So we're going to say a black flag sticker on a Cadillac. Do you guys remember black flag? Yes. I don't. Vaguely. Really? Henry no. Rollins? I, they're not as iconic as the Grateful Dead. Hmm. And so I was like, what the heck? Yeah. So then can, you could read what Don Henley said about that. Yeah. They asked him if he was okay with the lyric, and he says, no, not really. And if you noticed, we haven't heard much from the Ataris since then. Oh, burn. Shots fired. <laughs> Sick burn. But, but. That eagle's got talent. <laughs> but actually, Mike Campbell, who wrote the song. He's from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yes, ex- indeed. And Is in fact, he a heartbreaker? Yeah. He's a heartbreaker. And actually, Tom Petty turned down the song. Yeah, really. He yeah. said he said it's not our sound. <sighs> that would be an interesting Tom Petty song. So, yeah. but but he actually kind of defended the Ataris. He's like, it's not a song that a young band like that would do. So I kind of like it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, they did it in a young band way. Yeah. Now this is to me once again. Uh, was this the same time as "It's My Life" by No Doubt, two thousand three? Yes. Same year. Because the same thing where I went, wow, this is a fun '80s cover. I like this updated version. It's fun. But it doesn't compare to Don Henley's version. I'm voting for Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Because oh, this that, is really close, I think. that that To me, that has like that nostalgia kind of looking back feeling to it, where Atari's just kind of punk cover. I, yeah, I grew up with the Don Henley version, and then I heard the Atari's version, and I went, oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's a great take good. on that song, and I like the Atari's version better. So I will vote for the Atari's. What? Yeah. Me too. What? Yeah. I am shocked. <laughs> uh, it's look, Joel, it's a little try hard, but the song has oomph. And the song needs oomph. Diodiot! <laughs> Moran! <laughs> Moran! French now? Every language yeah, of insult possible. <laughs> ah, guys, Don Henley, come I on. I know. It, you don't have Poor to. Poor choice. He's a bully. There's no additional round. There's no bracket here. It's okay. You're both it's a bunch okay. of pedestrian leashes. <laughs> the Atari's cover wins. Now we have Twist and Shout by the Isley Brothers. Wait, by the Isley Brothers? What? This is fun. We're popping at the sock And Twist and Shout by the Beatles. Now, baby, to your stand, shout. 
the Isley Brothers version came out in 1961. The Beatles version came out in 1963. Oh, you mean Matthew Broderick's version? That came out in 1986. <laughs> right. Uh, but this is one of those songs that I was surprised when I, not for this episode, but back in the day, I was very surprised that Twist and Shout was not an original Beatles song well, this, because they made it their own. Well, this yeah. was on the Beatles' second album. I believe Ooh, of the which key. the second half of that album, because they just needed to push out the second yeah. album yeah. is a their lot first, of covers. It was released on their first UK album. Please, please me. Yeah. The, the, the end part of the first couple Beatles albums features a lot of covers because they were a cover band at start. They were a cover band are. and they need, they just needed to push out music. Right. Know? Yeah. And in fact, it was the only million selling Beatles song in the U S that was a cover song and the only Beatles Beatles cover to reach the top 10 on a national record chart. Hmm. All the other songs were their own. I would actually expect the Isley Brothers to have better harmony, but the Beatles pull it off much better, and with beach guitar. And uh, John, beach guitar and, uh, uh, you know, the John Lennon doing this, the screamy rock and roll thing. Which he didn't love at first. No, he said he was ashamed of his performance, tried to do it again, and didn't have anything left in the tank, and they're like, ah, forget it. Yeah. No, it's, it gives me the same vibes of uh, my favorite Beatles song, which is uh, Oh Darlin'. Which yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney sings. Right. But it's, it's got that same kind of screechy rock and roll thing going yeah. on that uh, it's really good. I like it. Oh, and actually, we should mention that uh, Twist and Shout was not originally recorded by the Isley Brothers. The original is actually the top notes. Which, oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it did, not, be rec- it did right. not hit the charts. It was not a hit until it was the Isley Brothers who did there. So we Again, chose that to be the comparison. Song was passed around by producers. Whatever sticks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Beatles version of Twist and Shout peaked at number two. Why didn't it get number one? Because Can't Buy Me Love had the number one It's a hard spot. life for the Beatles. Mm, yeah. Rough. But Kent's exactly right. In 86, there were two different movies that had uh, this song featured in it. Yeah, Weird, <laughs> Ferris right? Bueller's Day Off, of course. Right. And then Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School. Who actually Whoa. sang it. He sang it. I forgot about the movie. He sang it in the movie? Yeah. I don't even remember that movie. Not well. good. I, I tried to forget about the movie. Yep. It's not great. Uh, it also charted, so it, so it charted again at that point, but it charted again in, in 2010 when iTunes is like, hey, Beatles, can we can we play your stuff? And so it hit number 48 at that point. So at three different eras. So let's not belabor the point. Right. It's the Beatles version. Yes, here, it right? is. It's the Beatles the version. The Brothers version is good, but it's the Beatles. The Beatles cover wins. But we are now approaching our last triple twin tri-tip. Try corner hat of, delicious. of doom, which oh, is not delicious. A landslide by Fleetwood Mac. And I saw my reflection in snow covered. Steve Nicks does have a good voice. Pretty, pretty good at writing songs. Yeah, I would say. Also, landslide by the Smashing Pumpkins. Stevie Nicks has a really good voice. <laughs> I remember Zach talked earlier about cats. And landslide by the chicks. And I saw my reflection in the Technically, they were the Dixie Chicks. They were the Dixie Chicks when they recorded this. Yes. Well, the landslide brought me down. How dare you, Joel? Are you hitting on Smashing Pumpkins for no. being who they are? No, I feel I'm, like I'm you're saying, hitting on bands for having a unique sound. No, I'm saying Billy Corgan, much like Willie Nelson, much like Axl Rose, is an acquired taste voice. Yeah, but they hit fame specifically for those reasons. And it is a taste I have acquired, so I like it. I like it, too. Fleetwood Mac's version came out in 1975. Smashing Pumpkins came out in 94. Dixie Chicks came out in 2002. It's basically a country song, unless Smashing Pumpkins are doing it, I feel. Like even Fleetwood Mac sounds very country-esque to me. You think so? Yeah. It, it's a very safe song, but it's very crisp. I mean, it's a beautiful song that they do. Yeah. Um, it, that obviously charted 
Oh, it charted the best for Dixie Chicks. It hit number seven mm-hmm. in the Hot 100, and Fleetwood Mac had number 51, whereas the Smashing Pumpkins version just hit the U.S. alternative airplay charts. We've talked about this before, but Rolling Stone has their 500 greatest songs of all time, which a lot of songs have appeared that we've talked about. Uh, the Fleetwood Mac version of Landslide hit number 163. Um, you, you guys know what I'm going to say here, right? You know what I'm going to say basically with the of this show? You love Fleetwood Mac. No, not, not voting. Well, what it did to me. Did I started listening to this song, and I started, I started to cry. What is going I don't on, know, man? Zach is crying oh, a lot. I've been emotional. I know what's You're going dead. on. You're <laughs> dead. I'm getting nostalgic. I'm getting uh, soft. <laughs> I think a little soft. Oh, so I really think Whisper Billy Corgan is like an underrated variant of Billy Corgan. No, the Whisper part's good. It's when he gets into the higher, louder parts, and all of yeah. a sudden it's like, whoop, there's Billy Corgan. Yeah, but just him, you know, the acoustic no, guitar. No. It's, but it's, it's, it's so say, scaled down. It's one of the best songs they did and one of the best works of Billy Corgan outside of Small Wonder. You're cr- okay. Oh, also okay. confirmed by Joel. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. This was actually a B-side to Disarm, which is a wonderful I Smashing love Pumpkins Disarm. song. I love Smashing Pumpkins, but give me like, give me tonight, tonight, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins I over, will, over this. Can we eliminate Dixie Chicks? Yes. Okay. Can we? It's a good version. I really like that version. The the what is it? The the banjo in it or whatever. It just it, a mandolin. I really do like the version, but I'm not voting for it. But I don't right. think we can discount it because it is a very good version of it. It should song. not sure. be just brushed away. It is. It is really. Uh, it's a really good listening. version of Fleetwood Mac's version. It's a. Good, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. So I think Fleetwood Mac versus Smashing Pumpkins. Well, you're obviously voting for Smashing Pumpkins. I am actually. And you're obviously voting for Fleetwood Mac. Obviously. Dang it. Stevie Nicks is really good at writing songs. She is. <laughs> this is not easy for me. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing uh, I'm and listening to more and more Fleetwood Mac. I don't know why. <laughs> Your dad. Yep. I did not pre-plan any of my answers to, to this episode that we're recording. Okay. Landslide by Smashing Pumpkins, I believe, is what kind of introduced me to the song. Oh, really? Okay. And got yet, a lot of radio play on alternative radio. Yeah, and, right, sure. and I was listening right around the time, and it was one of those songs. I went, "Wow, this is kind of a slow ballad. I like this." Yeah, I think in the back of my head, I knew the Fleetwood Mac version just because it, it's been around for so long. Yeah, I agree. And then I listened to the Fleetwood Mac version. And I'm like, "This is really beautiful." It is. I think I'm going to have to go for Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I know. And they deserve the credit because they wrote a wonderful song. Well, and I think it's because, like I said, Kent, if I were to, to recommend this song to someone, I don't think they'd be happy to hear Billy Corgan's voice at times. It's still a pretty Whereas version, though. Stevie Nicks' version of Fleetwood Mac. If you appreciate steady the whole way through. If you appreciate pretty songs and you like '90s alternative, then boom, I got a song yeah. for you. Right. I will not bash on Landslide though <laughs> by Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> because I do really like that I think song. It's got to come down to stylistic. It, it's yeah. just a beautiful song. Because even the Dixie Chicks version, I yes. love it. Every version of these is pretty. Yes, it's, it is. The the bass song is great. Yes, but the original Fleetwood Mac version wins. And our final song on this Twinner winner cover songs. Uh, what is it? Versus? It's not a bracket. It's a verse. It's a versus show. The final song is With a Little Help from My Friends. First by the Beatles. And I'll try not to sing out a key. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. And With a Little Help from My Friends by Joe Cocker. I will try not to sing out a key. Starring Marilyn Manson. Is that, that Fred Savage? It's Winnie. <laughs> we all started waving. We all started waving. Oh, man. Frantically waving. That is ingrained. Yeah. Oh. So with a little help from my friends, uh, sing by Billy Shears. I mean, Ringo Starr. Billy Shears. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Shears. Because it was on Sgt. Pepper. And then you have Joe Cocker. And that's his Joe Cocker's version became, I think, the anthem for Woodstock 69. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, so the Beatles version came out in 67. Joe Cocker's version came out in 68, but then he performed it at Woodstock. Yeah. But it wasn't really until The Wonder Years came out, an 80s TV show called The Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. And it was the opening theme for that, that it really blew up in all of our consciousnesses. Well, and he actually performed better. Con- conscious Nye? Yes. Okay. It performed better than the Beatles version, uh, but close. 68 to 71 on the Hot 100. Hearing both and having my Beatles period when I was 14, uh, I liked the song, but I always felt like a buffer song. A song to get to the next one really quick because it's like two two minutes, 40 seconds. Because it's a Ringo song? Because it's a Ringo song. Yeah. Well, they wrote it as a Ringo song. Why? John, I was going to say John and uh, and Paul, that's their names, John and Paul, they wrote the song deliberately for Ringo Starr and they kept kind of the limited range that he, he could do except for the yeah. end when he gets a little higher and they worked really close with him to make sure he could pull that off. In fact, the and song then, was really called Bad Finger Boogie. Oh. Because uh, John had injured his finger and he was having to pluck it out on like just the middle finger on the keys to get okay. it to tune. So Paul McCartney said of Joe Cocker's recording, he said it was just mind blowing. Uh, actually, oh. I'll do it in uh, a wacko's voice. Oh, it was just mind blowing. Totally turned a song into a soul <laughs> anthem. And I was forever grateful to him for doing that. That was almost Stewie. Oh. <laughs> that was oh, almost Stewie Griffin. No. That was so grateful. What was that, Kent? What am I doing? Oh, what a song. Okay, so I'm voting first. Uh, I think guitar work is so good on Joe Cocker's. The backup singers are amazing. Uh, really? And he knows when to pull back the guitar and just focus on the voice. Yep. The song is so layered. Granted, it has six minutes to do so. Yes, it does. <laughs> but it is the one I think of. And yes, Wonder Years plays a big part of that. But it's also a prettier song. See, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Because I feel like Joe Cocker, I, I want to help him when I hear him say that song. Like his voice, I'm like, you doing okay, buddy? It's his style. No, I mean, like, like physically, like he's going to collapse. It's his he style. He sounds like he's having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. I like the pleasant tune of the Beatles. I, I'm not saying it's one of their best songs, but between these two, I like the Joe Cocker version, but I think I only like it because of the Wonder Years. I think if I'm going to ask the, the Amazon Echo to play with a little help from my friends, I want it to play the Beatles version. See, and if I ask the Amazon Echo anything, I just really will get mad if it gives me a Beatles song in general. Joke. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I this the... Uh, with a little help from my friends off of Sgt. Pepper, even though it feels kind of a, like a weird bottle song, sure. um, it feels really symbolic of the whole album to me, where it's just kind of that pretty easy listening. You know, I, I, I like the Sgt. Pepper album just fine. However, the Joe Cocker version has a little bit more uh, guts to it. You know, it's kind of what you talked about with Hallelujah with the Leonard Cohen version, uh, Joel. I, I feel like there is something more going on. I appreciate the layers that you mentioned, Kent. So I'm going to go with the Joe Cocker version as well. Ooh, good one. So Joe Cocker cover wins. Do the fish. Or Swiss. Swiss. Same. Yeah. Cheese? Different country. (laughs) And with that, the twinner has winnered. The the twins Uh, have wins. Zach, before we close out the show, Mm -hmm. I would like to hear what one more times, the original or the cover. What do you think? What would you guess? (laughs) That was was very uh, angry. (laughs) What do you think? What what Uh, What would you guess? I'd guess originals because I mean I think that's kind of what everyone right. You always like, say well, the, the first one's the better. best one, right? And just because Joel said that, I'm going cover. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Thirteen times, the cover won. That's the majority or the that minority. Out of twenty-two, I'm pretty sure that is math, math, more math. more than ha- the eleven terrific, would be half. Terrific. Yeah. So thirteen times okay. the cover won. Nine times the original one. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. What? Nine times. Nine times. So so apparently we like new stuff. That's That's kind of I don't like that. Can be known. Now, if you go and look at the individual votes of, of Joel, Kent, and Zach, I'm pretty sure Joel voted for more originals. I'm old. Kent and I got called names a lot. So that's where we're <laughs> in at. In different languages. True. That's true. 
But I'm not going to insult you in different languages if you give us recommendations for the next time we do. Uh, if, if we do another podcast. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, if this goes well, if you enjoy this, let us know and give us suggestions of other cover versions. Honestly, as you're going through your life, like in six months from now, and you hear a good cover, DM us. We want to know. But once again, we want popular covers by popular artists that charted. We don't want to do like, oh, yeah, my, not, yeah. my cousin plays it on his belly, and he's really good at it. Not Hank on YouTube. Send us video. That's fine. But oh, and, and avoid the uh, the moody trailer covers. We that happens a lot. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, charting is preferred, although not required. But let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Twitter. We want to hear from you. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, including the I'm Listener tier, which includes Sir and Madam Hicks, Shannon West, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Jennifer Kilkowski, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, Briggs is Hot, Brayden Winterton, Angela Plotz, Andrew in the Cold and Dark, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have our Baking Council, which includes the one, the only, Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole Deke Hale, Johnny English the Brick, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Glowclin Daniel, Debbie Foster, and Beaker. Thank you, thank you patrons, patrons. And thank you, Baking Council, for the fun dinner we had together. Yeah. And thank you, patrons, all of you. You are the woofest to our wing wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to be able to say that correctly again. Jerks. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quickwits. They perform at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Mustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and visit at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself all sorts of merch. We'd love to see it. If you like what's going on here and you want to support the show further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just $3 a month. You get access to all sorts of behind the scenes content. We had a video debate on what to put into our last action movie bracket and uh, all sorts of behind the scenes notes from Joel and videos and uh, of course the almost weekly bacon bits which are mostly a good time. Visit patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, Meus colegas nesta podcast ao tolos. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. <laughs> <laughs> and then you take a drink. You know, we do that every single Zach's like, week. Cool show, guys. Let me just take a drink and listen. <laughs> what are you guys talking about today? <laughs> Oh, I'm coming up. All right. You know what? Here, Joel, I'll tell you what we're talking about today. Cover songs. <laughs> it must be a Twitter winner show. It's <laughs> ridiculous. We must yeah. be starting our recording after midnight. <laughs> oh, baby, I love your way. My friend. Every day. Yeah, yeah. All right, got the clips ready. I want to be with you night and day. I only want to be with you. Thank you for listening to our last episode, our action movie podcast. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you got so into that. Twitter, Twitter. You know, when Twitter people come over on Facebook, it's it's scary for everybody. The Isn't first time every song of Alien from a deep cut. Slighten. Slighten's everywhere. For the record, I mean it demeaning. I only read Dante's Inferno in no, the original it's just, Italian. It's better. It flows I only better. like Nina's Luft Balloons in the original German. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Not Another Teen Movie. Okay, need I say more? That almost soothes me from stupid decisions. 
It's like a sexy ghost. Mm -mm. Don't use Ferris's name in vain. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm the yeah. Kool-Aid man. Wom wom. Wom wom. Wom wom. Wom wom. Oh, he's so handsome. Michael Blueblade mm. is the me first thing to give me gimmies of big band. You're, 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 just, you're right spreading now. a lot of blue blate. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Joel. The family friendly myself. Panic in your eyes. Joel, you were at BYU. Did you get kicked out? Is About 75% of the way through the song, it gets a little evil. I started crying. Because Are you Joel? You're talking to Kid Shrek over here. Right, that's what I'm worried <laughs> Sorry, about. Sorry, Zach, that's your this nickname. Isn't... That's yeah. too much Smash Mouth. That's way too much Smash Mouth. Oh no! Well, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, it's cutting that out. Oh, no, Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> that actually inspired Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> nice I, I tried. I tried so hard to say it right. Does that sound familiar? Where the kid runs a marathon and um, this song is sung. Chariots of Fire. No, cut cut this out. Why are there so many Ralph movies? Good. By the way, this version, the Rufus Wainwright, is my karaoke go-to song. You must be fun at parties. Before we go, we'd like to have some little... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, white. <laughs>